Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 20th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we've hit a new level of weird here at the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap. Um, I'm actually doing this podcast underneath a blanket Attempting to cut down a little bit on the echo that I have in this room that is serving as my temporary office. So, kind of hot under here, but we'll soldier on. At any rate, it was kind of a ho-hum week as far as news goes. Most attention was on the latest brouhaha involving Donald Trump, the Ukrainian president, and the Bidens. I would go into detail about all of this, but honestly, I don't know the details, and I'm really not interested enough to research it. The bottom line is that it ramped up impeachment talk. This is all political theater, and political theater doesn't interest me, as I'm sure regular listeners have caught on to. It has about zero real impact on the world. It's just an opportunity for Trump's opponents to grandstand and bloviate. If the House does impeach him, I think there isn't much of a chance that he gets removed from office. And if he does, well, we get Mike Pence, so woohoo. I'm of the opinion that most politicians are awful and their infighting is pretty much just a sideshow. Political instability could drive a safe haven bid for precious metals, but so far we haven't really seen it. In fact, gold is set for another weekly loss and we're back below $1,500 per ounce. This would mark the third weekly loss for gold in three. But there was a big gain sandwiched in there, so we're pretty much in the same place we were at the beginning of the month. Gold is in a kind of range-bound situation between around $1,480 and $1,530 per ounce with $1,500 kind of serving as a pivot point. As I prep this podcast, gold is down about 1% on the week after a 2% gain last week. Silver's had a similar drop this week. It's off about 1.3%, trading at just above $1,750 as I do the podcast. Now, keep in mind as you watch the weekly mood swing in the markets that gold is actually up about 17% on the year. As far as this week goes, we had some more trade war optimism. Trump said something to the effect of, we'll have a deal sooner than people expect. And it seems that talks are on right now. On the other hand, Trump was critical of the Chinese this week as well. So as usual, who really knows? I've said several times that I don't understand why investors pay so much attention to Trump tweets and trade war speculation. Honestly, I think some of it is just them trying to play these short-term swings. There was some economic data that came out stronger than expected this week, and that drug on gold. New home sales beat expectations. That was the big midweek headline. Interestingly, I saw that mortgage applications were actually down, which would indicate that this home sales surge is actually a short-term bump. But very few people in the financial media actually mentioned that. The dollar is also at multi-week highs, which is weighing on silver and gold. Now, when it comes to economic data, there's really a see-it-as-you-want-to mentality. I admit, I suffer from it, too. We tend to look at individual data points and feed them into our preconceived notions about what the economy is doing. I don't think the economy is great, and I tend to read the data that way. I'm sure I discount some positive news because of my pessimism. On the other hand, the financial media seems to be unrealistically optimistic, and they tend to ignore bad data. This is why it's crucial to have a good economic foundation, and it's why I talk about the Fed and the boom-bust cycle every single week on this podcast. That's what's steering the ship. Ultimately, the monetary manipulation of the Fed is going to have its way. It's blown up this bubble economy, and it's doomed to pop, no matter how many home sales you get in a single month. In fact, this is part of the cycle. The Fed was raising rates last year, and the housing bubble was starting to deflate. Then we had the Powell pause, and now 
to rate cuts. Mortgage rates have dropped. This is doing what the central planners want. It's incentivizing more home sales. But the artificial stimulus can only last so long. You can only stay high so long. You need more and more of the drug, and eventually, you OD. I think we're getting close to the OD point, and the actions of the Fed sure make it seem that way. If you listened to the show last week, you know the Fed started repo operations. Well, they upped the ante this week in efforts to hold short-term interest rates down and inject longer-term cash into the financial system. This is like quantitative easing light. Last week, the New York Fed began running repurchase operations in an effort to inject liquidity into the financial system. The bank's repo operations started last Tuesday, involving about $53 billion in debt instruments and continued through that week. The New York Fed injected over $270 billion of cash into the system last week and committed to continuing daily repo operations of at least $75 billion each through October 10th. Now, I explained how repurchase operations work and why they're important last week, so I'm not going to go over all of that again. I'll link to last week's article about it in the show notes page if you want to get the full details. For our purposes here, just understand that, in effect, the market was pushing the interest rate up and the Fed stepped in and injected billions of dollars into the system to push rates back down. Peter Schiff called this a, quote, big deal in his podcast last week. He said it shows that the Fed is losing control of the short end of the curve. The market forces are beginning to overwhelm the Fed's attempt to artificially suppress interest rates. Now, I mentioned last week that the so-called bond king, Jeffrey Gundlach, called this baby-stepping toward QE. Well, if he's right, now we're up to toddler-stepping. So what happened this week? Well, on Tuesday, the Fed injected $30 billion in longer-term liquidity into the banking system. The New York Fed offered the additional cash through 14-day repurchase operations to primary dealers. On Wednesday night, it injected a whopping $110 billion into the system, $50 billion in repos that expired overnight, and $60 billion in these longer-term 14-day repos. The central bank doubled the maximum size of its operations after an offering earlier this week was what market insider called oversubscribed. In simple terms, that means banks placed more bids for repos than the Fed was selling. This is another step closer to outright quantitative easing, where the Fed expands its balance sheet for the long term. Even the mainstream concedes this will likely be required in order to stabilize the repo market, but they just don't seem to think it's that big of a deal. Last week, I talked about the causes of this. Again, you can check out the article on the show notes page for those details. But the bottom line is this is all due to the Fed's efforts to shrink its balance sheet last year and early into this year. Peter said the central bank would never be able to do it. He said they would abandon the effort to shrink their balance sheet, and he was absolutely right. And now we're seeing the impact of just a tiny balance sheet reduction. The Fed has lost control, and it's desperately trying to get the ship back on course. Ultimately, the Fed will likely have to increase the balance sheet sheet to boost bank reserves. In other words, we're talking about more QE. Peter said the Fed doesn't want to deal with the problems that allow interest rates to normalize would cause, so they continue to work to keep them down. This is exactly what the Fed is doing with these repo operations. It's essentially creating money out of thin air and injecting it into the financial system. If you ask me, this is a bigger deal than whatever Trump said to the Ukrainian president. But Fed monetary policy doesn't make very good theater. So just tune in here and to Peter's podcast if you'd rather understand what's going on in the bowels of the economy than watch uh, the comedy or tragedy, however you look at it, that's going on in Washington, D.C. 
Earlier, I was talking about how we tend to look at economic data through a lens of optimism or pessimism. Well, you know who's not optimistic right now? The American consumer. In fact, consumer confidence plunged in September. It was the biggest drop in nine months. The Conference Board Index of Consumer Attitudes fell to 125.1 from a downwardly revised 134.2 the month before. Analysts blame, quote, the escalation in the trade and tariff tensions that we saw at the end of August. But the trade war has been going on for months. Could there be another reason for this drop in confidence? Could it be because consumers are getting closer to maxing out their credit cards? Either last week or the week before, I reported on the latest consumer credit numbers. We set another record for consumer debt in July. Americans added another $10 billion to their credit card balances. It was the biggest jump in credit card debt since November 2017. Americans now owe some $1.08 trillion on credit cards. Now, the pundits tell us this is great news. It's that old optimism, but the actual consumer sentiment doesn't line up with the pundits' assessment. Credit card spending doesn't necessarily mean consumers are confident about the future. It could just mean they're tapped out and they're charging groceries on plastic. In fact, the growth in consumer debt could just as well mean Americans are struggling to make ends meet. It's all in how you look at it. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? Again, you need to understand the big picture and the economic dynamics. Data needs context. You need a solid economic foundation on which to hang your data. Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can help you with that. If you're wondering what to make of all of this, call 1-888-GOLD-160 today and chat with one of the guys. They'll be happy to answer questions and help you figure out how to navigate these odd times. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. I want to call your attention to a video that Peter Schiff made earlier this week uh, about the gold market. It's a gold video cast. I'm going to link to it on the show notes page. He's been saying that gold is going to go up and up In this video, he explains exactly why. Highly recommend you watch it. So, again, thanks for watching the show. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.